0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Who are they? When we see in Revelation 4 and 5 that we're in the throne room, John takes us there. Everything that's given in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things, things of faith, which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Signifying is a seal. That signet, the sealing, is Zerubbabel. We see that in Haggai 2. Zerubbabel, you are my signet. Zerubbabel, Zerub, born in Babel, Babylon, the ones born in Babylon, but we are to come out of Babylon, or to come out of confusion. We see that in uh, that. Revelation 4 and 5, which are the living creatures, Zoe. They are the lion, man, calf, and eagle. Those are the cherubim. Most of the commentaries are going to tell you that the cherubim are angelic hosts, one of the order of angels uh, in the nine order of angels, which is alive. The cherubim... uh, are living creatures that have six wings the wings is what you flap on the wind of doctrine and we find that also in Isaiah 6 Isaiah saw visions of God in the day that Uzziah died he was lifted up and saw visions of God in his train filled the temple he saw the seraphim which are cherubim that have six wings they're fiery creatures the fire means that of the Holy Ghost being a, a holy one over you for a flame and you, a minister, is a flame of fire. Seraphim, which are cherubim with six wings. Two covered their eyes, two they covered their feet, and with two they did fly. That is, sanctified holy. Two that covered their eyes. They walk not by sight, but by faith. Two, they covered their feet. That is, their walk is in the Lord Jesus Christ, not doing their own will, but doing the will of God. And two, they did fly. That's everlasting gospel being preached in all the world for witness in all nations. That is the Elohim status. Elohim status are gods, little G-O-D-S, are judges. Jesus stated that, say ye of whom the word of God came, that you are God's, Elohim, Judges. But say ye of him whom God has sanctified and sent into the world, the word of God, God himself, that thought, plan, purpose, and will of God in his word, which is the Father, which is the Holy Ghost, which is the power of God, that I blaspheme because I say I'm the son of God, Jesus said. He sanctified and sent into the world is the word of God. Not a second person of the Godhead. For there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. They are one of the same. The Greek word there is heis. H-E-I-S being one of the same. We find in Zechariah, God has remembered. That he says in Zechariah 1, verse 18. He lifted up his eyes. We must lift up our eyes in revelation. The eyes are the aim or the fountain to the spirit of the believer. It's what we hold faith in the spirit, not in our intellect, not in our soul realm. We have to lift up our eyes. And Zachariah said, I lifted up mine eyes and saw at a true revelation and behold, Four horns. Now, horns, we know are powered. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? What are these? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And we're going to see that as it goes with the nation of Israel, so goes the church. We see that in Daniel 12, that after God has scattered the power of the holy people, the diaspora, just as it was done in the former reign. In the former reign, there abode only at Jerusalem, the apostles only. For the saints, the believers, were scattered abroad and went everywhere, preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. That's how God is going to bring this everlasting gospel to all the world, for witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. We see that in Acts the 8th chapter. And these that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. That was the former reign. But in the latter reign will be far greater. The four horns have scattered the people. Well, and the Lord showed, Zechariah, four carpenters, Then said I, What come these to do? What are the carpenters to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. Well, we're going to see that in the last days, this is sealed up among God's treasures in Deuteronomy 32. And that is the revelation of Jesus, the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and it will be revealed and sealed up among God's treasures in the last days. For the Lord will judge his people, repent himself of the evil, the tribulation, the trouble. When he sees their powers gone, we will see for our feast from our own labors. Our works will follow us, and there's none shut up or left. It will reveal that he is God and God alone and there's no God beside him. There's no second person of the Godhead. The Lord said, I know not any. He states that I am God. I kill, I make a, I make alive. I wound, I heal. Shall there be evil in a city? How the Lord God has not done it. I cause it to rain upon one city and not upon another. For still, they would not seek me, God said. It's the Lord doing his work, and it's a strange work, bringing to pass his act, his strange act. It has surprised the hypocrite when he lays judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet in Isaiah 28. He said that no man did lift up his head. This is the work of God. But these carpenters are come to fray them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. As God has scattered and the diaspora in the nation Israel, so also will it be in the latter rain. He did it in the former rain in the book of Acts, and he's going to do it again in the latter rain. Why would he do that? Because this tribulation is not to destroy the body of Christ. This cross is to have us come to the end of ourselves and cease from our own labors and our works do follow us. The revelation tells us that. Right. Blessed are they that die in the Lord. Yea, henceforth and forever. Yea, saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. We're finding that these will love God, which is stronger than death. They'll seal their testimony with their own blood. We'll be hated of all nations. Some will be put to death. We find these cherubim. Very important because when we see the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the work of God in those four horsemen, it is the four beasts that are preaching it proclaiming it, proclamating it, saying, come and see. They are the ones that have eyes before and behind. They understand the work of the ministry. They are not newborn babies. They're not little children. They've grown above that. They're not young men that the word of God is strong in them. They've overcome the wicked one. They've grown up into Jesus in all things and all truth and the new thing. And the new wine, that they are the new wineskins that God will use as vessels meet for the master's use. We see the cherubim in Hebrews 9, verse 5, Paul talking about a worldly sanctuary, but with a divine service. And he says in Hebrews 9, 5, focusing on the cherubim, shadowing the mercy seat of which now we cannot speak particularly. Why not? Why couldn't Paul specifically speak of the cherubim then? Because he was in Pentecost. He was in the former rain. It wasn't time. It was not the right season. God has stated in Genesis 3.24, after he gave the proto-evangel, after Eve... At ate of the tree of knowledge. Then gave it to Adam, and he did eat. Then when the Lord spoke to the serpent, said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. You're going to bruise his head, and thou will bruise his heel, not her heel, his heel. The woman will bring forth a man-child. But he goes on down in Genesis 3.24 and states that he set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God. The east or eastward in the word of God is always the work of the Holy Ghost. That is 144. It's 12 squared. 144 is the English equivalent of the Greek of R being 100. M 40 D four. he did not write 144,000. He wrote R M D thousand. It's a symbolic number. What does it mean? Well, R M D 144 is the work of the Holy ghost. Thousand is perfected glory. We see that in song eight, canticles eight of the song of Solomon. Solomon, you must have a 1,000. All the keepers of the vineyard, 200. 200 for the apostle, 200 for the prophet, 200 for the evangelist, 200 for the pastor, 200 for the teacher. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. We're talking now the beginning of the work of the ministry. They are going to pray the full horns that scattered Judah, that scattered the church. They're four carpenters. The four carpenters are the four faces of the cherubim. He set at the east end of the garden of God, the work of the Holy Ghost, the eastward in the garden of God, cherubim, capital C. Why capital C? Because it's deity. Jesus will have four faces, lion, man, ox, and eagle, along with a flaming sword. Not peace, but a sword. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Right? divided asunder, the soul from the spirit. That's a word of God, and only the word of God can do that. But Jesus stated, you think that I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. To set a man at variance. The father against his son. Mother against her daughter. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. And a man's foes will be those of his own household. And he goes on and says, if a man will lose his life, whosoever will lose his wife for the gospel's sake, the same shall find it. And whosoever will seek to save his life will lose it. That means that we set aside our will, that we must do the will of God. If we don't do the will of God, and accomplish his purpose that we're called for, we will not have access into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus stated that not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only those uh, that do the will of God. Then they will begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name and in thy name we cast out devils and in thy name we have prophesied and jesus will state i never knew you depart from me you that work iniquity iniquity is lawlessness not being led of the spirit of god there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth a mistaken identity thinking that it was a very easy gospel that you just were newborn babies, and you didn't have to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. You didn't have to do his will. And that's where they fail to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us and the body of Christ, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We must hear the voice of God and obey it in doing the will of God. If we do not, then we will not have access and be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus stated that. Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's required. He gave a five-fold ministry in order to do that for the perfecting of the saints. The cherubim that we're looking at, there will have four faces. That's a capital C. It's Jesus. The forerunner has already entered in. But there's... Four faces. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But there are four faces there. Therefore, there will be a gospel according to Matthew, a gospel according to Mark, a gospel according to Luke, a gospel according to John. In the gospel according to Matthew, he will be the lion of the tribe of Judah and declared to be so. And the gospel according to Mark, he's the perfect man. And because a perfect man... No one cares about the genealogy of that man. Luke, the gospel according to Luke, he is that suffering servant, the ox. We need to know his pedigree. We need to know the genealogy. He gives us that. And in John, he is the flying eagle. He's the word. He's God almighty. We don't need to know the genealogy. Starts off that he's the word. He is the word and the Word was made flesh. That is Jesus, that he is divine, and that's the cherubim that are divine. Jesus Christ himself sat at the east end of the garden of God, with along with a flaming sword, to keep the way of the tree of life. Not to destroy man, but to keep the way. Jesus says the way, the truth, and the life to keep the way of the tree of life. We see that that there are four carpenters that will be built. That's the reason Jesus was a carpenter. The son of Joseph on the kingly line, a carpenter by trade. We see also in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, the fourth and fifth chapter, that these cherubim before the throne of God, along with the four and 20 elders, there the four and 20 elders are the priesthood that were called for The four beasts are kings, which are cherubim, and they have eyes, eyes of revelation. The aim is the fountain of the waters of life. The cherubim have that. These are the redeemed of the Lord. Revelation 5 tells us that in the throne room revelation of these cherubim. They are the living creatures, and we see that, that again Stated in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. And in the 30th year of Ezekiel, son of Buzi, the heavens were open, he saw visions of God. 30 is the number of the priesthood. Ezekiel 30 years old. Jesus being by the age of 30 entered into his ministry after the order of Melchizedek, the priesthood, the high priest. That we see in Ezekiel 1, they saw visions of God, and coming out of a fire, enfolding itself, was the appearance of a man, color of amber. Amber is the hottest fire there is, fire of the Holy Ghost. Our God is a consuming fire. Coming out of that fire, we have the appearance of a man. We also see the same in Zechariah. Three, and Joshua, the once called by the name of Jesus, Yeshua, before the Lord God in heaven, and Satan comes there also. And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Notice there that Joshua, Yeshua, they're a type of... Uh, Anotype being us in the body of Christ, called by the name of Jesus. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Well, there's the living creatures coming out of the fire enfolding itself. In Ezekiel 1.5. We see the same in Zechariah 3. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? What is that? That's a seal. You brand them, you seal them the servants of God in their forehead. It's the mind of Christ that have received the word and being burned into their bones. Somebody said, what do you mean by that? When you have faith, thinking not strange, the fiery trial wishes to try you, though as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as you are protectors of Christ's suffering. There's the sufferings, the fiery trial. And the glory of God resteth upon your head. Count it a joy when you fall into diverse temptations, though your faith be tried as by fire. You're building your wall of salvation with tempered mortar, mortar that's been through the fire. The ones that build their walls with untempered mortar, the wall of salvation will fail. They've built their house upon the sand. When you see that diverse temptations and you have faith, your faith will always, and mine, will be tried as by fire, that it may come forth as pure gold. That tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, you still hold on to the word. You will not let the devil take that word out of your heart or the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and it chokes the word. You will not allow best cares of this world, are deceitfulness of riches, to choke that word that you have. You're going to be the ones that bring forth fruit, some thirty, sixty, 60, 100 fold. Meet for the master's use as the cherubim, the living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. It's the body of Christ, not the Pentecostals, but the ones that have gone up higher in glory in tabernacles. They're not Pentecostals anymore. They're tabernacleists. They've gone into a new season. They've received it. And that fire is shut up in their bones. Their faith has been tried as by fire. They built their wall with tempered mortar. They are the ones that's been through the fire. And it comes out of this fire and folding itself, the appearance of a man. And they forehead their four faces. Jesus had his four faces revealed in gospel, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In 2 Corinthians 3, it's told us that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But there's four faces there. The face of a lion, the face of a man, the face of an ox, the face of a, an eagle. We see that in the four gospels. That's the capital C cherubim in Genesis 324, along with a flaming sword. And Jesus states, you think that I come send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. What does that have to do with the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Because the first horse is a white horse, and the rider that sat upon him was given a bow. That bow is an ornamental bow. You'll see it's a fabric bow. It is an ornamental fabric bow that you give to the victor after he has won the battle. But before we even enter the battle, the Lord has given us the body of Christ, not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists, the ones that have gone on to the the latter reign, this new season that we're entering in, that's a radical change from Pentecostal, That he has given us an ornamental bow, a victor's bow, before we even enter the battle, we have the victory. And a crown given to us, a stephanos, a victor's crown. And because we understand that it's not peace on the earth, and that's the Antichrist. That's the prophets of Baal saying peace when there is no peace. You've healed the hurt of the daughter of my people, God said, saying peace when there is no peace. It's war. And we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That's your Revelation 6, verse 2, horse. And that is the noise of his voice in the word of God, revealing that to us. Revelation 6, 1. The white horse rider, the chariot, is what God rides upon. The chariot has four wheels. The spirit of the living creatures are in the this is in the wheels. They're four wheels. Each of the wheels in 1 Kings 6 have a measure of a cubit and a half. Jesus, the measure of Jesus is one reed or six cubits. The measure of the Eastern Gate. One reed broad, one reed high, one reed high and one reed wide. A reed is six cubits. That's a measure of Jesus. Well, then the spirit of the living creatures are in the wheels. There are four wheels, and it it alludes to the four faces. The spirit of the living creatures are in the wheels, and those that spirit revealed in each wheel is a cubit and a half measure of each wheel, which four wheels times a cubit and a half Equals six cubits or one reed in the measure of Jesus. Not any of our works, lest we we can boast, but the righteousness of God by faith. We're, we're made the righteousness of God in him, Jesus Christ. These are the cherubim. These are the living creatures. They're the ones proclaiming, proclaiming, proclamating, publishing, preaching this gospel of Jesus Christ. And the work of the ministry and the white, red, black, and pale horse rider. They are the ones that have this revelation of Jesus in the aim, in the eyes, proclaiming the truth, a church that's in a higher glory. When we see that, they are the four carpenters that will fray these horns and bring... The true, the real Jesus, in the full, the fullness of Jesus, in all truth, in all things of faith, which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. There in Revelation six, verse two, it is one of the four beasts that come and see. They're the ones proclaiming it the body of Christ, the church of the living God for the work of the ministry. They're the ones proclaiming it. What is the white horse? Well, it's went forth, conquering and to conquer. It has an ornamental fabric, Victor's bow given to him before we even start the battle and a step a Victor's crown. And we went forth, conquering and to conquer. That's the word of God going forth in all the world for witness unto all nations. It's on a white horse, which is the righteousness of the saints. We're told by most commentators that that is an antichrist, a deceiver. No, God does not give the the antichrist an ornamental bow, a toxon in Greek, of a victor's bow before he starts the battle. Neither is he going to conquer. We're more than conquerors, the body of Christ, and we will conquer through the word of God, and you'll see that a radical change in Revelation 11, Jesus said, these works shall you do. The works that I do, shall you do also. Those are redemption miracles that Jesus did, proclaiming that he is the resurrection and the life. We'll do the same. We'll heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongues, the lame walk, and captive, go free. Blessed he, whomsoever's is not offended me. He said, these you will do. Greater works than these shall you do. And that's a verily, verily, I say unto you. That's a radical, pronounced truth of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, Verily, verily. Truly, truly. It's a man and Amen. Greater works than these shall you do. Well, what could be greater than what Jesus did in raising the dead? Well, on the Mount of Transfiguration, we saw not only Jesus. But Moses and Elijah and Peter, who was along with James and John, said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three Sukkos, three booths, three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He was not what he said. Didn't know why he said it. The truth is, they saw Jesus only after the terror, and they saw the revelation. It was Jesus only. It was not Moses doing the judgment miracles upon Egypt. It was the Christ in Moses. It was not Elijah doing the kingdom miracles in restoration. It was the Christ in Elijah. And Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. That what I see the Father do, that's what I do. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. That is the works that Jesus did. Showing forth that he is God Almighty in the redemption miracles. He is the resurrection and the life. We'll do those miracles in the redemption miracles. We will do the Moses in the judgment miracles that Christ did through Moses, which are judgment miracles upon the world, famishing all the gods of this earth. And we'll do the uh, kingdom miracles or restoration miracles of Elijah all at once. Those are the gospel going out of a white horse rider. And the horse is the life of the chariot. The chariot has four wheels, cube and a half of each wheel, the measure of Jesus, that's the Logos. But the rhema, what you have in your uh, obedience is your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the rama That is the life of your chariot, of your the cherubim, there being the life of it. They're the living creatures. They are the body of Christ going forth, conquering, and to conquer with the word of God. That's a white horse rider. Then it turns to a red horse rider. Well, let's see what that is. Again, the cherubim are preaching that again, the living creatures of Zoe, and the second horse, which is a red horse. and went out another horse that was red. Power was given him that set their own to take peace from the earth. What's taking peace from the earth? When the gospel is preached, the ones there in Revelation 11, the two witnesses, which is the body of Christ, the two candlesticks, the two olive trees. If you haven't heard that message, you can go to the archives and hear that on the two witnesses. They are the ones that, that fire proceedeth out of their mouth and they torment the earth they're hated of all nations because of the word of God and the truth that they proclaim. Well, here these have power to take peace from the earth that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Well, what does the word of God do? Jesus said, a man's foes will be those. A man's enemies of foes will be those of his own household. That's a battle within the church. And Jesus stated that in John 16. Now, I know that's a radical word for most to receive because we think that we're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out before this great work of God in the revelation of Jesus takes place, which is a lie. If you haven't heard that message, please turn into the archives of the message on the rapture, the Harpazo. Well, that Peace. Jesus said, You think I come to see peace on earth? But rather a sword. There's a sword. And it separates. It separates the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane. Those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. It's separating the wheat from the chaff. And God does that through these nations. And he states that God has commanded to sift the house of Israel the church of the living God, not just the nation of Israel, the church among the nations, but not the least of grain will fall to the ground. We'll see the grain, the weight in the balances in the black horse rider coming up after the red. Somebody said, well, that's just famine. Well, there's famine in the land, but a famine of the word of God. And we know there will be pestilence and plagues and famine in the land and the natural. We understand that. But on the horsemen uh, of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, we need to take a good look at that black horse rider. Now on that red horse rider, he takes peace from the earth through this sword. And Jesus said that sword, he states that in Ezekiel 21, that the Lord has sharpened his sword and it's glistening and he's taken it out of its sheath and it's against all flesh. It's God's sword. It's against the righteous as well as the wicked. Why? That all flesh may know that Jesus said, I am God, and beside me there is no other God. This rod, this sword, contemneth the rod of my son. And it's a great sword that is upon all flesh. There's your red horse Rider. It's a word of God going forth. It's taking peace from the earth. We are standing the true, The people of God that are righteous and holy will stand in that day. The wicked will not. The wise shall understand these things. The wicked cannot understand these things. Then from that sword of that red horse, notice the word goes forth. Then they either receive it or reject it. Then it turns to red. And there's a decision. As for me and my house, Joshua said, We will serve the Lord. We'll have to make that stand. Even to sealing our testimony with our own blood, being hated of all nations for his name's sake, some being put to death. Jesus stated that. In John 16, said, I forewarned you that you should not be offended. For the time comes uh, is coming, they're going to deliver you up out of their Synagogue out of the churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. Why would this happen? Because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't have the revelation of Christ, that He is the Father of glory. It's a mystery of God and the Father of Christ that are in Him hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They never saw the mystery. They never saw Christ. They never saw that Jesus is the father of glory. And because of that, the true people of God will be killed. Not all, but some will. And we go from the red there to the black horse rider. We see that again, Revelation 6, and the third seal, and the third beast saying, come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse. Now white, has every color of the spectrum that's in it. It's a righteousness of the saints. The red is a very volatile color. It is on the spect- the spectrum, spectrolysis and you're analyzing the spectrum of colors. That red is the most radical. Then we go to black. There's no color at all. And it's a black horse rider. And the, the righteous let him be righteous still. The wicked let him be wicked still. But there's a balance there. And the balance will be according to the harvest. We have corn harvest of wheat and barley. We have the fruit harvest of oil and wine. We're covering both of them here. The the word of God covers both. Notice what he says. And in that black horse, there was a pair of balances in his hand. Not hands, but in his hand hand being the apostle, prophet, of pastor and teachers the work of the ministry and it says there a voice in the midst of the four beasts say a measure of wheat for a penny the wheat is the pentecostal harvest you will number four weeks i'm sorry seven weeks seven times seven forty nine And on the morrow, seven times 749, on the morrow, be 50 Pentecost. You will number seven weeks or seven sevens. And on the morrow will be that that feast of Pentecost or the feast of weeks, which is the feast of gathering wheat. That's the wheat harvest. Then he says, and three measures of barley for a penny. Now, the penny is a man's life. It's his wages. And that's what they asked Jesus. Is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar or not? He said, show me a penny. Who's superscriptions on it? That is taking the world and everything that you owe in the world and be not conformed to it. Let the world be crucified to you. Lose your life for the gospel's sake. Take that penny and buy three measures of barley. Three measures of barley is the first season of corn harvest. That's a feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, and a feast of first fruits. That is the barley harvest. And what is it going to cost? A penny. What is that? The worldly, everything that you have in the worldly revel the, of, of conforming to the world. We have to crucify and mortify the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. That's why, reason Jesus stated that a man that will lose his life for the gospel's sake shall find it. There are the ones that purchase go if they will, they can still purchase the three measures of barley that first season of. Passover unleavened bread and first fruits those three feasts with that penny, not conform to the world. You can still get that barley harvest. That's the death burial and resurrection of Jesus. That is, that you're buried with Him in baptism, raised in the midst of life. You're a first fruits unto God. The body that sins, of the flesh destroyed by baptism. Don't stop there, because you're going to now not to barley but to wheat. There's only one penny for that, one measure. And one penny, the penny is obviously the world you not conform to this world. Then you purchase that a measure of wheat for a penny that's Pentecost. But those are still having to purchase that. They haven't to crucify the flesh with the and the lust. It speaks of a little sister. She's not full grown yet. She can still grow if she be a wall we will build upon her a palace of silver. Still more work to be done. If she be a door, we will enclose her with cedar, the cedar work. That's not Pentecost, that's tabernacles, sealed with the cedar work. And in Zephaniah 2, God will uncover the cedar work. But see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. Why? Because that's the fruit harvest. Those are tabernacleists. Those are the ones that have grown up Grown up into Jesus in all things and all truth. Don't hurt them. But you can still purchase three measures of barley for a penny and measure of wheat for a penny, but see that you do not hurt the oil and the wine. They're full grown. Then we come to the final consummation of the pale horse rider. We know that poor sweet seal said, come and see and behold a pale horse. The gospel goes out, the ones that receive it stand in the Lord God, the ones that don't, but there's a warfare going on there. It's God's sword become a calf of sheep against all flesh, the righteous stand. Then we're measured. A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. See that you're hurting out the oil and the wine. That speaks of the three seasons of God in harvest. The corn harvest of wheat and barley and the fruit harvest of oil and wine. We must be full grown. If we don't, then the ones that do not hear and obey, then there remains only this pale horse rider, which is, uh, and came, and he that sat on him was death, capital D, and hell followed with him. That's a capital H. It's a personage there of death and hell. If we do not receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's what awaits us. And power was given him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. That's God's four sword judgments, famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast, God's four sword judgments upon the earth, and it will literally kill one-fourth of all the inhabitants of the earth, eight billion people over that, eight, eight billion now, but that's about two billion that will die in these seals. Now, we know that some of us have been put to death for the word of God and for the testimony which we held. We're there under that fifth seal under the altar in heaven. That's your fifth seal. Now, we'll cover that in the next podcast. So now you see the four horsemen are not just going out to destroy the earth and the church is already raptured out of it. It's nonsense. That is uh, totally in error. It's ludicrous to think that the church is pre-tribulation raptured out and then all of national Israel is going to go through it. No. That's not a pre-trib rapture as we see in Revelation 4.1. It is revealing a higher glory, not a rapture, not a harpazo. There is a door open in heaven, a voice of a trumpet talking with John saying, Come up hither, and I will show you things. That's not the rapture. Things that will come to pass hereafter. Those are the four horsemen. It speaks of the word of God going forth and its effect, cause and effect in the earth once and for all. You either receive it or reject it. It'll be for the work of the ministry of time, times they have three and a half years, 42 months of the Jesus ministry. And it'll be the final consummation of all things culminating in Jesus' second advent when he comes the second time without sin and salvation. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain You'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort you one another with these words. Well, hope this has been a blessing. We want to invite you to register to come into a private website with me on the depth of the teaching of the Word of God, which will go much deeper than what we're doing on the podcast. You are welcome at our website, jcic.tv. JCIC stands for the Jesus Christ International Church. That is a fellowship, not a denomination. It's a fellowship all over the world where we have many ministers in the thousands that follow the leading of the Holy Ghost under a fellowship called Jesus Christ International Church. Again, it's not a denomination. We do not rule in the affairs of the local church government. It's simply a fellowship. But we want to invite you that are one God, Jesus' name, that you know that Jesus is the Father and you want to go deeper and realize there's more. We have been told of the Lord to go deeper and to dig deep and found this rock, this Christ in the height, depth, length, and width. And that's what we're doing in obedience to the Lord. By doing so, you'll have username and password at jcic.tv, simply a free registration. It's a free website and it's private. You'll be able to comment, you'll be able to ask questions, and I will be streaming daily at two o'clock Monday through Saturday, allowing you to ask any question that you feel and would like to have answered or commenting on the different topics that we will cover on and in this season of Tabernacles, the perfecting of the saints, coming into the measure of the statue of the pulse of Christ. We will go through the book of the Revelation, chapter by chapter, 1 through 22 on the Hebraic design of the Revelation, based upon the Hebrew ABC theory, not in chronological order, but a Hebraic Hebraic design in each chapter. Very blessing uh, and wisdom and knowledge that the Lord has done it, and how great is His wisdom past understanding in the intellectual mind. I think you'll be blessed. Well, join us there. And uh, until the next podcast, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.